0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Last week, we talked about, I'm going to recap real quickly, three baptisms. We talked about, uh, and the Bible talks about baptisms. But we talked about the baptism into Christ when someone is, makes Jesus their Lord. We talked about water baptism and then we begin to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ when you're born again. Uh, someone else will water baptize you. And then the Jesus is the one who baptizes or immerses in the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus commanded his disciples to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He told them, he said, don't leave, don't leave Jerusalem until he said, you, you've received power from on high. And so he told them to wait. And then the, the time that we see the, the Holy Spirit initially coming into the earth and this type of outpouring was the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And that was the first experience of the Holy Spirit being poured out. But sometimes people say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit being poured out Pentecost, that's a one-time event, didn't happen anymore. Actually, it did. And so let me, let me give you just a couple more of Holy Spirit outpourings. One of the most dramatic ones was when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. You do understand that after Jesus, uh, ascended back into heaven, he was t- he was telling his dis- disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, they missed that part because the only world they went to was the Jewish world, and they didn't go to the Gentiles. In fact, it was a big deal when Philip went down to Samaria and preached to the Samaritans, who were kind of half half Jewish, half you know half Gentile. They were uh, kind of a mixed breed, and uh, they thought that was pretty amazing. But now you you've got the Gentile world who's not hearing. Gentile means not Jewish. And the, the Jews and the Gentiles were very separate. Jewish law had made it very difficult for a Jewish person to even go into a, a Gentile's house and eat with them. That was considered a sin, bad sin. And so, but God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. How many of you know this gospel is not just applying to the Jews, it applies to the Gentiles as well. And so the, uh, the Lord gave a, a vision to Peter. Peter was on a, a housetop. The Lord gave a vision to Peter that what God has cleansed don't call common. And and Peter was thinking about that. At the same, about the same time an angel appears to a, a Roman centurion. That was a guy who was over, he's a soldier, he was over a hundred men. And he appears to him, he was a very devout man loved God. And this angel said, I, I need you to go to Joppa, the city of Joppa, and ask for this guy, Peter. Peter will tell you words whereby you and your household will be saved. And so this this Centurion, when he, when he saw this angel, he sent some of his servants and key men. They found Peter. Peter just had a vision. God put this whole thing together. And so these Gentiles came and said, Hey, we came for Peter. Is he here? He's like, Yeah, he's right there. Peter, we need you to come with us. Cornelius sent. Well, the Lord had already said, Go with these guys. Don't doubt anything. So Peter goes, steps into this Gentile's home, and there is a, he's got a bunch of his friends there. They're all ready to hear what Peter has to say. And Peter's starting to put some things together. And he's like, like, it looks like God wants to reach the Gentiles. And so he begins to preach to them. And the first thing he did was he proclaimed Jesus to them. Look what he said to them. This is a condensed version of his message. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses. He was talking about himself. We are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree, him, Jesus. God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. How I many of you can see right in there? is is a classic, is a classic um, salvation ministry. Jesus, God sent him, God anointed him, he preached and he was crucified, and God raised him up, and all you have to do is believe. Right? That's, that's a gospel message right there. Well, when they heard that, evidently these guys disbelieved because what happened next surprised all the Jewish guys, including Peter. Look what happened next, Book Acts. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word, and those who were of the circumcision, those who were the Jewish people who believed, were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift, remember we've been talking about the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So here's another another time when the Holy Spirit is being poured out. It astonished the Jews. And they recognize the gift. Now, how do they recognize the gift? Do they recognize the gift because they got excited? Nope. Did they recognize the gift? Oh, that's the Holy Spirit. Did they recognize that because they did backflips? No. Because they ran around the room? No. Because they acted all crazy. No. How do they recognize the gift? Because they spoke with tongues and magnified God. And the, and the those 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 Jewish believers went, that's the same thing we got. God just gave them the same. That probably made them mad. I gave them the same thing we got. They got the same deal. How did they get the same deal? They're not Jewish. And this was a, this was the. now we look back on it now and go, well, no big deal. Big deal. That was a big deal. Remember we talked about last week in Pentecost that when, 120 were in the upper room. They had all kinds of people. They had the had the 11. They had, the, they had women. They had different ministries. They had different people there. And the Holy Spirit came and landed on them. And they all began to speak with tongues. It came on all of them. And we realized the Holy Spirit wasn't just for a select few, He was for everybody. Now it's showing that the Holy Spirit's not just for Jewish people. It's for anybody who will believe in Jesus and receive Him. And they can have the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was exciting. Now, they called Peter on the carpet by that. And Peter, when he defended himself, he said, hey, he said, God gave them the same thing he gave us. Who's out of fight against God? Smart answer, Peter. So they finally got, they finally wised up and realized, oh, the Gentiles could have it. That's one. Here's two. Paul is going to Ephesus and he runs across some, some believers. Acts chapter 19. It happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, a large port city. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. That sounds like a lot of churches today. And he said to them, he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to people that they should believe on him who would come after, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now here's something interesting. Paul goes to, he goes to Ephesus, he finds some guys, he goes, oh man, these are some believers. And he, but he asked him a weird question. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now you're thinking, well, I hear people say this, Alan, I got born again, I got all the Holy Spirit there is. Well, then Paul was confused. Paul's not confused you do realize Paul wrote the book of Romans. <laughs> Paul, if anybody's got his theology straight, it's Paul. And so when he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe, he's indicating that it's obviously an option. And so he asked them this. Now, they had an interesting answer. They went, we, don't, we, don't, we never heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And I thought, I, I love what Paul did next. He asked him, he said, well, what were you baptized to? In other words, I can tell you, are a disciple, are you baptized? They said, John, John. They were talking about John the Baptist. These folks, had, you realize, John. remember, John the Baptist was a, a, was a precursor of Jesus. And John the Baptist, when he was on the earth, man, and he was preaching before Jesus showed up, he was the biggest thing going. There were people coming from all over. And John had a bunch of disciples, and these people were John's disciples. And I love what Paul does. Now, this is interesting. He didn't look at them and go, oh, man, you guys, that, that's like, oh, that is so... Last year. That is so, you know. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't argue with them. He didn't even go against them. He simply said, hey, he connected with them right there. Hey, John preached a baptism of repentance saying they should believe on who's coming. And that's Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Listen, can I just you with something? When someone doesn't agree with you, don't blast them. Look for a place to connect with them. If he just said, oh, you guys are stupid, man. No one, no one follows John the Baptist. That brother got beheaded. He's not alive. You know, you're so... No, no, that, that does not help. You will not blast anyone into the kingdom. He just won't. And so I love, he just connected with them right there. He, he didn't go John's, but he went, hey, man, John the Baptist, that's great. But John was speaking about the one that was to come. As soon as they heard about Jesus, they received Jesus. And then the Bible said, and Paul did what? He laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So here's here's the thing. It is a separate experience. Receiving the Holy Spirit is a separate experience. You say, well, I I received the Holy Spirit, and I was born again. When you were born again, you were born of the Spirit. You have the Spirit on the inside. Remember last week we did the Spirit on and Spirit in. I can drink water, it's in me. I can pour water on me, it's on me. The Bible is talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so it is a different experience. And so it, now you're saying, well, do I have to have this experience? And I, I just want to talk just a little bit. Two, two things tonight. One, after the service is over, if you would like for us to pray, we have a bunch of people up here. After the service is over, we're cutting the cameras off. And if you'd like to come and, and have someone pray with you and lay hands on you, that's scriptural. Lay hands on you, and you can receive the Holy Spirit. If you never have, you can. We'll do it tonight. We'll do it next Wednesday night. And so it's open. It's available to anyone. You say, well, I don't believe it. I don't like it. Well, you know, it, it won't bother you. <laughs> it, it's, it's not going to happen. God's not going to force you. But I wanted to talk about why the controversy about the Holy Spirit. Why is the, why is the reason the baptism of the Holy Spirit has sparked so much division? So let me, give you, let me give you three things. First one is the enemy. Do you think Satan wants a bunch of empowered believers? When he starts raising the fuss about something, I'm going to pay attention to it. Because he doesn't want anybody empowered. And here's another thing, guys. The enemy is constantly trying to cause division. That is, and buddy, he has been successful in the body of Christ in the last few years. And it is bad. And uh, I'm just going to reference this. I won't go to it. But in Numbers, you go back and read Numbers, the 32nd chapter. When the nation of Israel, who's a type of the church, got to the edge of the promised land, two and a half tribes told Moses, we don't want to cross the Jordan into the promised land. We want our inheritance right here. And they stopped right there they said we have livestock it's a great land we'll take our inheritance right there and Moses said he said something he said why would you discourage the heart of your brothers he said they're going to go in there and fight he said you're going to you're going to stay right here he said why would you discourage their heart he said it's not good don't you dare discourage their heart in fact he was pretty harsh with them he said you you do this he said it's going to be a real problem they said no no (laughs) they said no no We'll build, our, we'll build our homes here, but when it's time to come and fight, we'll go with our brothers and sisters and we'll cross the Jordan until they've gotten all their inheritance. You say, what's that got to do with anything? It's got a lot to do with something. You may, have, you may not like something. You may not agree with something, but don't discourage the heart of somebody else that says, I want to go further with God. I want to find more about God. Don't discourage their heart. My, here's, this, this is a... Um, well, this was real key. When, when Joy was so deathly sick and the doctors couldn't really do anything for her, and Joy and I believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe in divine healing. I'm amazed at people who get angry because we believe in divine healing. And we had a neighbor who kept trying to discourage Joy about believing for healing. That's wrong. If you don't believe it and somebody else does, just go praise God, brother. If you're happy on this side of the Jordan, you're happy with where you are in God, be happy. But don't stop anybody else from wanting to go on with God. Does that make sense? That's just fair. The enemy loves to cause division. You say, Do you have to speak in tongues to go to this church? Are you kidding? I would say maybe the majority of people don't. It's available. And if you'd like to, you can, but this is not a caste system. This is not, oh, the super spiritual ones are here. The rest of you are there. We don't do that. We don't play that. We rejoice in Jesus. We love you. You want to go further, let's go. You don't want to go further, no big deal, all right? So can we stop there? Division. No division. One of the reasons this church has been a blessing to this community is anybody can come. Anybody can come. And here's the deal. we got a saying around here. Come as you are. But it doesn't mean do as you want. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Second thing, the reason it's, it's, a, it's a, um, a problem and spark division is because of a passed away theology. Passed away. All that's passed away, the past, Healing passed away. Apostles passed away. Prophets passed away. There isn't scriptural evidence for passed away, but I'll show you the one that people go to. 1 Corinthians 13.8 love never fails, whether there are prophecies they will fail, whether there are tongues they will cease. Whether there is knowledge it will vanish away. I'll leave it up there just for a second. There are prophecies that have not come to pass yet. Correct? Jesus hasn't come and we, in the great rapture for us to meet him in the air. That's a prophecy. Hasn't happened yet. How many of you knowledge has not vanished away? Right? So why would we separate and take tongues out of that? So. People take that and go, well, everything has, has passed away. There's not enough scriptural evidence for it. You, have, you need scriptural, if you want to be scriptural, you have to find scripture. <laughs> and so you got to look for scripture and scriptural evidence. And there's just not enough on the passed away theology. theology. Here's the last one. <laughs> this one I think is, is the real key. If we're honest, it's fear. It's the stigma associated with speaking with tongues. People like, <laughs> they like, I want all the Holy Spirit I can get. I just don't want the tongues. <laughs> it's like my pastor used to say, it's like buying shoes. When you get the shoes, the tongues come with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the, here's the deal. Here's, 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 what, here's what some of the problem is. I've heard people say this. Alan, I, I just, you know, I'm just afraid, that, you know, if I get filled the Spirit, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to be in a business meeting making a presentation to a bunch of distinguished people and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's going to come on me and I'm going to get burst out speaking in tongues and get fired. Or I'm going to be on a first date and you know I'm just trying to impress somebody and all of a sudden in the car I'm going to go off in tongues and, and I'm going I'm to get fired or I'm going to be talking to my in-laws and they don't like me anyway and over Thanksgiving I'm just going to be saying the blessing and all of a sudden I'm just going to burst out in tongues. It isn't going to happen. It will not happen. I'll give you scripture. Here we go. And the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches. Listen, you don't, I've heard people say, well, the Holy Spirit just made me do it. He did not. <laughs> don't blame your goofiness on what he on him. <laughs> but people have been afraid, <laughs> afraid of that. Uh, listen, I've been filled with the spirit for probably over 40 years and I've done business presentations. I've been in churches where they don't believe in it. And I just didn't stand up in the pulpit and go, oh, here it comes. <laughs> I did scare the daylights though out of a guy who was traveling with me. I was, I was training a sales rep one time. And um, he, um, he was this big blustery guy, had an opinion about everything, just just going on and on. And we were standing in the middle of a bank. We called on banks and savings and loans. And this was before I was a pastor, if it makes you feel any better. And uh, <laughs> We were standing there, and he said, yeah, he said, my, my, my mother-in-law, he said, dear Lord, said, said, or his grandmother, said, sends all her money to Pat Robinson. He looked at him and said, she's a holy roller. <laughs> I'd had about enough of this guy. And I looked at him, I said, I said, you know, uh, I got to tell you, I said, I'm a holy roller, too. <laughs> I said, I got this look in my eye, I said, in fact, I feel a spell coming on right now. (laughs) That brother kept it such a, we had to drive the next day. We're driving the next day. I went, whoa, grab the wheel. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) I will mess with you. So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you do anything. And I'll give you some other verses on that. we talk about that next week. But I think a lot of times people are afraid. They're afraid the stigma associated or loss of control. And um, th- that, is, that is not going to happen. You're not going to all of a sudden find yourself involuntarily speaking in tongues. Let me introduce the, the wonderful gift of a prayer language and just talk a little bit about this. It, it is a wonderful gift. 1 Corinthians 14.2. Paul is now writing to the Corinthian church. He's having to correct the Corinthian church. Because they did a lot of, these guys had a lot of, of uh, uh, they, were, they were a pretty wild group. Corinthians was kind of a little bit like Las Vegas. And uh, I mean, the, so these folks came out of a pretty wild background and they were pretty loose. I mean, man, they, they had it going on. They were loose morally. They had all kinds of things happening. And they were used in the gifts of the spirit, but uh, they often were a little bit out of order. And so he's talking to him now. He says, "He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries." Now let's look at that just for a second. What do if someone's speaking to God? What do we call that? Prayer. We call it prayer. And so speaking to God, he said, "He's speaking to God." Uh, he said, "But in the spirit." He says, so obviously it's in a realm that's, that's beyond this realm. We, we live in two worlds. We live in a natural world, and, and coinciding with our natural world is a spiritual realm. Now, we're a lot more cognizant of, of the natural world that we live in. But, you know, you, and I think there have been times, obviously, that you can sense there's more. There's more. Sometimes even in worship, you ever just, you hear people say, I just sense the presence of God. There's more. He's real. And, and there, is a, there is a spiritual realm. So he says, but in, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now that word mysteries is, means hidden things. Now, it's not hidden to God, but it's hidden to other people. It's hidden to you. You don't know that. And it's not meant for others. He's not speaking to men, but he's speaking to God. And so one of the, one of the huge benefits of, of a prayer language is the ability to, it adds to your prayer because you're able to speak directly to the Lord and it's it's coming not necessarily out of your head but out of your spirit. Paul talked about in, I'm going to continue in Romans, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 to 15. Paul said, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit And I will also sing with the understanding. Did you catch that? He said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My understanding or my mind is not in the know. So prayer includes both. And what what I've found is extremely helpful in my prayer life is I can pray with my understanding. If I'm praying for a church this size, how many of you know I don't know everybody? You do know that. (laughs) If I dispersed your bubble, I am so sorry, but I do not know everybody here and, and, and don't know everyone associated with. So I can pray for you as a group, and, and a lot of times my prayers for you are out of Colossians, that God would, would fill you with the knowledge of his will and all uh, wisdom and understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all perseverance and long suffering giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. I pray that prayer for you. I pray that you would be, you're welcome. I pray that prayer that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. I pray that, that, uh, that you would be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. So I can pray for you in, in my... Uh, my English, I can pray out of the scriptures. But then a lot of my praying for you is I don't know everything that's going on. So I trust that the Holy Spirit can help me, who does know everything. He can help me pray. And so I will pray in the Spirit for you. Joy will do that. Joy has two prayer groups one that is a, a private group that meets on Thursdays and they pray from nine o'clock till two. And then there's a women's prayer group and they play from nine to three. Now, I want to tell you something. Try praying in English from 9 to 3. That's hard. But praying in the Spirit, has one of, one of the wonderful things it's done is it's increased my capacity to pray longer than five minutes. It gives you the ability to pray more. And that is huge. And not only are you praying more, but you're praying beyond your understanding and your ability. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Let me, let me just say again. Um, as we close and we're gonna close up here in just a few minutes if you would like them and have some of our staff and leaders up here in the front if you would like for someone to pray with you and you would like to receive if if you're sitting there thinking ah, I don't know wait till next week okay just wait and um, because when you want to come you want to come not not like man well, let's go give it a shot let's see if it works and you, you want to come prepared to receive so if, if you're thinking, no, but you might be thinking, man, I'm ready for this. I've been ready for this for a long time. I'm coming. So you're welcome to. And like I said, we cut the cameras off. This is not, this isn't a show. This is This is a prayer. And so we're going to do that in, in just a few minutes. You're not, we're not begging God. We're, we're not just pleading with God. We just, he, he, we ask. And he graciously gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Before we do that, let's bow our heads for a moment and pray. If you're here to this evening, or watching online, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, "All oh, that's well and good, but I don't even know where I stand with God. I don't even know where I stand with the Lord. I don't know if I've ever made Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life, or I have, but I'm not sure." We're going to say a prayer, and and maybe that's you that that you're thinking, "I'm I'm not confident there. I'm not sure." Or You may be like I was, and I'd made that decision, and then I got so far away from God, I was just thinking, God, will you you ever take me back? And the answer is, absolutely, he will take you back. And so if that's you, we're not going to have you stand up or come down to the front. But his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And you say, Alan, one of those two classifications is me. I want to be sure. I want to come back. Would you pray for me? Would you quickly just slip your hand up? And I realize it takes... Courage to do that. Say, Alan, would you pray for me? Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Great. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you, you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. You can jump in this prayer with us. We're going to pray it with you. As a church family, you're watching online. As, as you're watching online, listen, if you're by yourself, pray this. Uh, pray this out loud with us. If you're with other people, pray it quietly. It, but uh, this is a, a wonderful prayer. It's a powerful prayer. We're going to pray it with you. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. Now Head still, bowed, and eyes closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, those who stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light, and for those who've come back home. So we give you all the praise for the most valuable gift that you ever gave us, your salvation.